Happy Halloween! <laughs> In February! Welcome to Booze and Buffy! Yes! This is a podcast where holidays never happen at the right time, and we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the Series one by one. There will be no spoilers for future episodes um, with without warning, and uh, but there are going to be details discussed from previous episodes. I am Harrison, and now I can't get the fucking, that fucking song out of my head. The, the Jack in the Box song. The, Pop, I, goes, the Pop goes the Weasel. Thank you. I was like, I can't, I can't get the melody out, but apparently I don't remember the name. And uh, I'm Jason, and at the very least, I'd rather have Pop, go the, Pop Goes the Weasel stuck in my head than... Um, than that stupid song from Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. <laughs> Have happy Halloween, Halloween. Oh, all right. uh, it's so annoying. Harrison, what episode are we watching this Yes, week? we are watching Buffy Season 6, Episode 6. Ooh, 6, 6, uh, 6. <laughs> this is all the way. This is the one where Dawn sneaks out with Amber Tamblyn on Halloween to meet up with some boys. Uh, but they're dead. They are vampires. Living dead. Living dead. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And that part of the episode's pretty boring. But the other parts of the episode are pretty good, in my opinion. Um, All the Way was written by Stephen S. DeKnight and directed by David Solomon and originally aired... Pretty damn close to Halloween, mm-hmm. October 30th, 2001. Yeah. Hit it. Alright. Jason. Harrison. You brought, you provided the booze. I provided the Buffy. You provided the booze. Would you like to, to tell us what it is? Uh, we are drinking a um, a mead uh, by called Viking Blood. Yes. Um, I probably should have had the bottle with me so I could like put up, point out like all the different flavors in it, but it's it's not in the room, <laughs> and I don't feel like getting up. And... You already had to leave the room once. Uh, yeah, because I had to go get my notes. Um, but no, um, yeah, like you know. Uh, as we've mentioned before, Harrison and John are in the process of moving, and uh, I doubt they've like packed up their hooch just yet. No, but uh, that'll be the last thing to be packed because <laughs> we need that <laughs> we to get through the packing of everything else. Uh, but yeah, I figure like you know, I, like we 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 drink a lot of red wine for very long stretch, so I um, I thought you know bring something new. And last last uh, week we had the Cosmos and. Now we've got some mead. Yes, thank you for providing. Um, it was very. I was, uh, I, I was of uh, the plan. I actually was going to have John make us Manhattans, uh, but we can do Manhattans another time because yeah. we always have the stuff for Manhattans. Also, in like a you know l- little bit of organization uh, next week uh, for those of you who are listening to us, like as the episodes come out, mm-hmm. we will be taking the week off. Yes, uh, so that uh, Harrison and John can get set up in their new place and. Booze and Buffy will be in its new location when we come back to you at the next episode. I actually, I'm glad that I came away liking this episode a little more than I thought I was going to, because there was a part of me that was, because this is going to be our last episode that we it really we is. record here, and I was like a little bummed. I was like, oh, 
why does it have to be that? Like, I almost felt disrespectful to the house, <laughs> to the podcast. Um, but, you know... But it, I actually, I liked the episode more than I thought I was going to, so... And also, even with... Uh, and honestly, sometimes even more with episodes we don't like, yeah. as opposed to episodes we do like, we, we can make good episodes out of them. Yeah. We can have fun just talking about them. And I'm really excited because our next um, Angel episode, if is if I remember correctly... Um, is a really good one. Um, it is Offspring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, then we've got kind of an important Buffy episode after yeah. that. We're, I mean, we're like, and then, you know, the next several episodes of Angel are just really good. We're mm-hmm. really into a great arc for that show. And then, yeah, we've got our next two Buffy episodes are like fucking all timers. Yes, they are. So no, we, we got, we got some great weeks coming yeah. up, but, uh, yeah, and that'll be that'll be great to like start off the new era of Booze and yeah. Buffy in the new house with a just a smattering of good episodes. Yes, I cannot wait. But uh, one thing you one more thing you have to provide though is a toast. Yes, a toast. Um, I'm gonna give my toast this week to um, our Lord and Savior Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, she recently had her new show Wolfpack premiere on Paramount Plus. Um, I've not watched it. Um, I might check it out. It like I was looking at it and it was it looked okay. Um, I never watched Teen Wolf, um, but you know I like I love Sarah Michelle Gellar, so you know I'll probably at least check out the first episode at some point to see how I feel about it. But still, regardless of whether or not I end up watching it or liking the show, it's very exciting to have her back on our TVs. And I also feel like. I think the thing that makes me most interested in it is that she's very much aware that she is associated with one of like the biggest supernatural figures in television history. So there's got I feel like there has to be something special at least that she sees in yeah. this um, to make her want to go back into like that horror mm-hmm. fantasy realm. Yeah. So she's I, I did see an interview. I've loved watching and reading some of her interviews about the show because um She's talked about how, you know, she was a young, you know, a young actor. She's been acting since she was a kid um, and has learned a lot and has, um, you know, really made a name for herself, obviously. And she, I, I loved, she was talking about making sure, she's also a producer on the show, I believe, mm-hmm. um, but making sure that the young actors on this show were protected. Um, and using that influence that she had to ensure a safe set um, for for these younger actors who were just getting started in the business. And, you know, regardless of whether or not the show's any good or whatever, I think that's amazing. And I love that. Let, let us toast and drink, and then I'll have something to add to that. Yeah, cheers. Ah, delightful. It is. It's so sweet and smooth. I know. I was. It's like honey. And I know that, like... That, that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of needs thing. That is the thing, um, but it's yeah. But yeah, to piggyback on what you were saying, um, I have been. Uh, I, I've mentioned it before that one of the podcasts I listen to while I'm uh, doing my walks around the neighborhood is um, Pod Meets World, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously, like you know, in talking about Boy Meets World, uh, um, the the three like Boy Meets World stars that are running the podcast: Daniel Fishel, Ryder Strong, and Will Friedle. Um, especially like Ryder Strong and Daniel Fishel, who were like, you know, 11, 12 when they were, fir- when Boy Meets World started. They have talked about like 
the pressures of being mm-hmm. child actors. And obviously, like Danielle Fischel, especially when Girl Meets World started, which uh, for those of you who don't know, is like a spinoff that happened uh, a few years back mm-hmm. um, on the Disney Channel and uh, focused on, you know, Corin Topanga's uh, daughter. She's the titular girl. <laughs> um, and uh, they, one thing that um, Daniel Fischel has talked about on the podcast is how, uh, when, because a lot of her work, not just Girl Meets World, but also like she does a lot of other shows with younger actors. Mm-hmm. Um, she does like try to make sure that she creates a safe environment for them. And that no doubt. Yeah, uh, more than likely spawns from the fact that maybe it wasn't as great. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, if you guys do like listen to, uh, if you guys do like are interested in listening to it, um, an episode that I pick out is probably like uh, Corey's alternative friends when they do a uh, discussion of that because it's the episode that introduces Topanga. It's mm-hmm. like one of the most important episodes of Boy Meets World, and also I believe it's the one where Daniel Fisher like discusses her experience in finding out that she was going to be Topanga instead of instead of like fish girl's friend Um, (laughs) and uh that like it's it's a week that like sounds incredibly exhilarating but also traumatic too so um it's uh it's very interesting and you know there's been a lot of stuff coming out about that like you know people who are child stars like obviously one of the biggest books last year was Jeanette McCurdy's uh, uh-huh. I'm Glad My Mom Died. Yeah. I haven't read that, but I've heard that it's a fantastic memoir. So, um, yeah. yeah. So that's I mean, all there. Yeah, it's just... I'm, I'm so glad, yes, that these actors who have that experience... Because we know that these sets were not always the most positive place. You know, everything we've learned about what it was like working on the Buffy set. And everything we don't know... Uh, about it because we Eric Michelle Keller very recently in an interview basically said like I'm not like I'm glad that others have spoken up but I'm not sharing my experiences which is of course her right like, yeah um uh and you know it's so yeah so to see these um uh, you know primarily women but obviously all young actors um you know making sure that that cycle is not continuing mm-hmm. is is really great to see it is yeah um and i know you know obviously we there's miles to go but um it's it's good to see people being uh trying you know doing the doing the work yeah all right shall we jump into the episode let's jump in it is halloween okay well let's just uh, Buffy Wiki of the Week. All right. Uh, in a quirky and erudite episode, a sudden announcement sends the Scooby Gang into celebration mode on Halloween, but plenty of frights come to light when Dawn disappears. Wow, I, I I love the effort that was put into that to that quick synopsis. Yeah. Um, um, but yes, it is Halloween. Uh, the Magic Box has got a sale going on. So here's a question. Answer. <laughs> Do you think yes. Halloween is a bigger day for the Magic Box than Black Friday? Yes. Okay. Because I was like kind of writing down, like, man, the Magic Box is really busy. I'm like, of course it's busy. It's Halloween. If anybody like wants to buy creepy stuff, 
whether it be for actual magic or just for the novelty of it, yep. then like that's the day to do it. I would see, yeah, I definitely think it's going to be Halloween because, I mean, it seems like the business does fairly well. Um, but yes, I on Black Friday, assuming they do a Black Friday sale, um, you're probably like, I think the majority of their customer base are people who are serious practitioners of the occult with, mm-hmm. you know, the occasional layperson coming in for something quirky. Um, whereas, yeah, on Halloween, you're definitely going to get more people who are in there just to find something spooky to, um, you know, for a Halloween mm-hmm. decoration or something like yeah. that. Um, or, you know, Glory coming in to buy ingredients to make a giant snake boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, all right, Pete Rodney. You gotta say, uh, this, uh, this, this episode just, like, hits the ground running or hits the ground rolling <laughs> as, um, and... So Anya says that her costume is one of Charlie's angels. I mean, I don't know which one she's trying to be in particular, but she doesn't look like any of the Charlie's angels that I remember. I mean, the closest I would think with the hair would be Fair Fawcett. Fawcett. But also, I don't remember them being on roller skates, so I would like to think that she honestly looks more like a waitress at a 50s drive-in diner. <laughs> that, which, I mean, is a good costume. I love this costume. I can't, especially, pardon my pardon my objectivity, but those shorts are wonderful because they get to show off Emma Caulfield's wonderful legs. Um, you know, we, we, love, we love pointing out beauty on this show. So there's a Charlie's Angels episode called Angels on Skates. Oh, okay. The angels go to, a Venice, go to Venice Beach to track down a missing skater from a roller skating rink. Fair enough. Okay. So that is that is an incredibly niche costume then. Um I honestly kind of thought that Anya just added the roller skates <laughs> so that she could eat more easily, be around the store, and just suck in all the capitalism. Uh I mean She's nothing if not practical. So she, it, her costume was both flattering and functional. Yes. <laughs> um, Xander is a pirate. Uh, Giles is a wizard. And uh, no one I, else bothers. Which I'm fairly certain that is his... Uh, that's probably the same wizard outfit minus the hat that he wore when he first opened the magic box. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Um, but... This is a, this is a really... This is a really great way to open up the episode, especially because we went in kind of like not knowing whether it was going to be good or not. And um, we just get like great character moments from everybody. Um, I remember thinking like, uh, you know, Will getting mad at that one person for like being dressed as a witch, buying the witchcraft book. And it's like, oh, like stay away. Like think about that the next time you're uh, wearing your like hat, your wart and everything. And then, um, then she sees the little tiny witch who is absolutely adorable. So cute. I famously do not care for children. That kid was so cute. Yeah, no, like... They I, just got the kid with, like, the chubbiest little cheeks. <laughs> with all the little... With the makeup. Adorable. And then, and then like, a, it's such a great, like, turn for Willow to be <laughs> like, Oh, but, but look at her with the hat and the warts. <laughs> um... Uh, Anya tells uh, Dawn that she's uh, Xander's gonna teach the new uh, teach her a new game later called Shiver Me Timbers. 
uh, Dawn is rescued from that conversation <laughs> by Tara, who is uh who has to remind the, Anya the, the that damage, she doesn't the damage is done as we see later in the episode yeah. oh god <laughs> yeah but tara has to remind anya that she's quote not so much for the timber yeah. um which i i find it very hilarious that even all this time being with xander and anya still hasn't picked up on the innuendos <laughs> um and uh, also Spike is there, stealing from the basement. Uh, some sort of, like, I don't remember what it was. It was something he likes to mix into his blood to give it some more texture. Um, and uh, Buffy is, like, helping, but also very much aware of the last time she worked in the magic box. <laughs> She's very adamant. It's a one-time deal. She's just helping out during the sale. He's like, don't be mad at me if we had this conversation 20 yeah. times. <laughs> um, but uh, Spike invites her to go patrolling. Uh, I believe he invites her for a rough and tumble. That is true. <laughs> um, he clarifies that he means patrolling. Hmm. I'll believe that when I see it. Which I guess we do see it. Um, but Giles reminds Buffy... That uh, it's Halloween, which this is, is a night off usually. This is kind of the first time. Now, it does seem like, uh, obviously, with um, Buffy confiding in Spike, they're chummier. Mm -hmm. But this seems like the first time that uh, Spike has, oh, excuse me, <laughs> Spike has like said something with a little bit of an innuendo that Buffy responds to in a not negative way. Uh huh. So, um, that is like, we've talked about how they've been kind of like crafting a, a, um, a more, like a, a better relationship between Buffy and yeah. Spike. I was trying to find a better word, but I couldn't. Like a um, friendlier one. Yes. Yeah. Like Not necessarily a amicable, healthy one. Amicable. Yeah, amicable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Howard Buffy does mention the like. God, it was so much easier to talk to him when he was trying to kill me. <laughs> see where that goes. Um, Giles has a great line here when uh, she, um, she he's like, you know, if something does happen, historically speaking, it'll happen to one of us. So Buffy, Buffy does point out how uh, Halloween, they're prone to people becoming their costumes mm -hmm. and uh, tiny little uh, Irish demons. Yeah. Uh, nice little shout outs to Halloween and fear itself. Mm -hmm. um, and this is our last uh, Buffy Halloween episode. Okay. Um, we will get an Angel Halloween episode in season five. Um, that is not only an Angel Halloween episode, but it's also no. You know, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Um, a little tease. Um, it's Such one that a tease. It's, <laughs> um, it's an episode that I quite enjoy. Um, Wait, what's the name of that one? Life of the Party. Yeah. <laughs> not not Afterlife of the Party? No. All right. Yeah. Uh, Afterlife of the Party sounds like an episode of something. I just don't know what. I mean, there's definitely some fantasy show out there who's... Honestly, I'd be willing to put money down that it's a Vampire Diaries episode. All right. What? How much money are you putting down? Hmm. <sighs> you know, actually, no bet. <laughs> Um, there is a movie called Afterlife of the Party. It's a 2021 supernatural comedy film. 
Nah, it wouldn't be that. I'm fairly certain this was an episode of something. Uh, nothing's coming up. Yeah, I do like how um, it does seem that Buffy is trying to avoid having to bag things because, yeah, you know, like Buffy, um, Buffy brings up the mandrake root uh, that she was sent down to get, and uh, and Anya immediately says, "Go to Giles." Yeah, <laughs> um, she's really in rare form this week. Um, I mean, she's in her element. She's yeah. you know. And, and unlike, unlike uh, um, Life Serial, we don't just see, like, the wacky person obsessed with money. Yeah. Like, we get we get more of, like, the whole Anya character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely more um, human moments. And that's her. the thing about this episode. Until we get, like, a left turn that skews heavily towards Dawn, this does start off, like, a lot of season six episodes have been and are going to be very like character building yes because um you know while the trio is kind of set up to be the big bad for the seer for this season um the uh a lot like a trend is that this is about the personal this is the focus on this one is going to be about the personal Mm -hmm. struggles of our of our scooby gang yes um and Speaking of personal struggles, let's talk about one of Don's, which is stealing things. <laughs> well, we've had it happen before. We, we've alluded to it in, in the past. But yeah, she is, um, now she is like, now they're obviously drawing like more attention to yeah. it. And she feels fine bragging about it to, uh, to the random boy that she likes to suck face with. I, I'm just putting this here at the top. I'm not a fan of this storyline. No, no, it really doesn't, like, and, you know, I guess it's it's kind of a mild spoiler, but it feels like it goes absolutely nowhere. Yeah. And it's more just kind of like, we need to give Dawn some drama after, you know, the key storyline. Right. And uh, quite honestly, no, they didn't. Like, obviously, Dawn should have storylines, and, um, but it really... It really feels like they were just like after the key storyline wrapped up, they were like, "Uh oh, now we've got a teenager here. Like, yeah. what do we do?" Um, and I think throughout this season, they really struggle with Dawn's character. I think season seven, they get they get her back to using her in a way that is makes sense for the character and like works but yeah season six is a rough one for dawn so you can kind of see like why there was a lot of animosity towards the dawn character Mm -hmm. because you have season five where a a good deal of it is um her written like too young for Mm -hmm. michelle trachtenberg and then you know you have this season where she's a bit underserved yeah and uh but yeah season seven there are a couple really good episodes um one involving, like, uh, as this episode does, a varsity jacket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorites. Gosh. Um, and it should be noted, uh, also, the reason this episode is so heavily Dawn-centered um, is because um, uh, was to give the rest of the cast more time to prepare for once more with feeling which is the next episode yes um where it's you know don obviously has a role in it but it's it's 
smaller than most of the rest of the cast. And I, I would how, suspect... How, how, how much should we talk about Once More with Feeling? Because obviously, like, a lot of stuff in this episode is meant to set the stage for the next episode. And I'm like, uh, should we, like... Should we talk about the episode's thing, like what it's known for, or should we just save that? Let's just save that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, you um, know, I don't want to ruin the surprise for somebody who's never seen it yeah. before. Um, so, uh, post-sale, everyone is exhausted. Oh, there is the, um, there's the uh, old man, the old gentleman. Oh, yes, of course. Um, we get a bit of a tease from an old gentleman who likes to hum Pop Goes the Weasel and do... But then throw uh, random lyrics in it, like, yeah. uh, Happy Halloween. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's, uh, he's, he's presented as slightly sketchy. Um, in, he goes into a house, there are toys everywhere. Toys everywhere. And, um, and again, he, like, he continues that, he's got, like, a, and then, like, it shows him, like, in his kitchen pulling out knives. Yeah. So, I, I feel like... It's very much a misdirect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It um, really goes to show how much music can, like... Because, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, there's nothing that weird about going into your own kitchen and getting a knife. That's where the knives are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in most homes. In most homes. <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, you, 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 you make it an old man, have him singing a creepy song, and then it's just... It becomes very sinister, even mm-hmm. though it's not. Um... So yes, post-sale, the gang is exhausted, except for Anya. She is exhilarated. Uh, she teaches Don the dance of capitalist superiority. <laughs> the, the money dance. Which, uh, while funny, is also troubling. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great way to describe Anya. Funny and troubling. <laughs> um, and, uh, but Xander just looks at her, dancing with her cash. He's just got that look. He's got the look in his eyes. And uh, I, I think Nicholas Brendan plays this moment so well. Um, and he just says, I'm going to marry that girl. Buffy is apparently not very smart in this ver- in this moment. She's like, she's 15 and my sister. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Buffy. really, Buffy? <laughs> really, Buffy? She, let's just chalk it up to her being tired. Yeah. Her mind <laughs> is elsewhere. She's distracted. Um, but no, Xander... Uh, chooses this moment to uh, announce their engagement. I really, this is a really, really little detail that it's, that I just really like that it's in here when he like goes to Anya to say like, you know, we have, Anya and I have something we want to tell you. Anya's like, she just goes, now? Um, it's just a, a tiny detail, but um, I, I, I don't know. It just made the moment feel really real and lived in uh, for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and she says like, uh, I thought you wanted to wait for the right moment. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I have. and uh, Or I did. And uh, it kind of reminds me of um, on Pod Meets World, they were talking about a uh, scene from Sideways, which is a movie that I overall didn't like. It very much like was kind of white privilege the movie. <laughs> uh, but, I've never um, seen that. But no, uh, the... Uh, oh, God. Now I'm blanking on the actor. He like always plays like a, pro- a music producer in movies. Um and it's not Stanley Tucci. It's uh, um, is it uh, Thomas Hayden Church. No, it's the okay. other. Okay, because I was like, I know he's in that. Yeah, movie. no, no. Th- th- like he, Thomas Hayden Church plays the main character's best friend. Um, but anyway, he uh, he's a he's a big fan of wine, 
um, like the whole the whole movie Paul Giamatti. Ah, like, yes. Yeah. Um, the whole oh yeah, he does always play a music producer. Yeah, he's got that vibe. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he talks about um, and you know, overall, I didn't like the movie, but I did like this particular scene, which is kind of like at the end of the movie. Um, he talks about uh, this bottle of wine that he like spent um, thousands of dollars on. It's like you know this very rare wine that he's like always wanted to try, and he's like. He's saving it for, like, the most important day of his life. And um, and I can't remember who it was that, like, ended up talking to him about it. I think it was, like, the female character that he um, spends a lot of time with in the movie. Um, but he, uh, and he says, and she, like, says, like, um, oh, you know, uh, like, if you keep waiting, then for the right time, like, you're never really going to know what the right time is. So the right time to open the bottle like you want it to be the best day of your life then if you love it so much then whatever day you open the bottle is going to be the best day of your life nice and um so like the movie kind of ends with him he's like at a mcdonald's or something and he like opens up this bottle of wine to enjoy it we're bad about that when we get nice alcohol as a gift we're like we're gonna save it for a special occasion like the mead that you bought john for his (laughs) birthday we, which is in June, uh, we didn't open until, when was it that we, I don't know, because you like, I, you opened it, like, uh, wasn't it like at the Christmas party? It was at the Christmas party we had, that's, yeah, that's no, what No, no, not even like the Chris. I think it was at a family Christmas, like your family's Christmas. Yes, no, that's right, we took it, you're, you're exactly right, we took it, uh, to... Uh, when we did Christmas Eve at my mom's house, because that's what, because um, my family does, my mom's side anyway, does Christmas Eve, because mm-hmm. I was, the way my parents' custody, custody arrangement was, I was always at my mom's house on, like, the evening of Christmas Eve, um, and I was only sometimes at her house on Christmas morning, um, so it just became our fam. that's just became the tradition in, in our family. So I want to like I, I have a take on uh, the Xander Anya moments in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like maybe jumping ahead in the episode, but eh, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, and it's kind of like about a little bit about the institution of marriage. Okay. Um, <laughs> so like uh, I think Xander Xander like you know he sees Anya in that moment and he's like, oh, I'm I'm finally ready to like tell everybody we're getting engaged. Um, it's clear that he loves Anya. Yes. And, you know, as this episode kind of shows us, and I was talking to Harrison about it, their relationship is, strangely enough, probably the the most stable and healthy relationship mm-hmm. of the romantic relationships we've seen on Buffy thus far. The, uh... But, see, the thing is, is, like, I think... And, you know, later on in the episode, when... They're talking about, like, all the planning for the future, not just for the wedding, but for, like, you know, house, kids, all mm-hmm. that. Like, Xander immediately kind of gets a little overwhelmed yeah. and nervous about it. Who knows if this will be a <laughs> continuing thing. But I feel like Xander loves Anya so much that he kind of just thinks that the next logical step is marriage. Mm-hmm. Even though 
marriage isn't necessarily right for everybody. Yeah. Like we just, there's just centuries of traditions and also like, you know, being in a long relationship and not getting married is like considered a faux pas amongst like so many things, so many people. But um, I think more and more uh, people are kind of realizing that, hey, you know, we don't have to get married. Yeah. Because in the end, it's like, you know, it boils down to rituals and some people do like outdated rituals that, and you know, sometimes it can end, sometimes it can end happily. Sometimes it can end a divorce. Um, Some people make it their own like you and John did. Um, And, uh, you know, some people just say like, you know what, we don't, we don't need to do that. So I think, um, I think like uh, Xander could have avoided a lot of like the stress that he feels if like he maybe they were like a little later on in time and if he didn't feel like oh if i love this girl then i have to marry her yeah i mean he i i do believe that he believed when he proposed that he wasn't doing it just because of the impending apocalypse i do believe he believes that Mm -hmm. but i do still think he did it because of the impending apocalypse subconsciously but um yeah and it's important that we remember Xander is uh 21 at the oldest uh we don't know when his birthday is so he's possibly still 20 he's very very young and you know Anya is not very very young but from uh, from a human perspective and a maturity level she's kind of still you know at that same level as that he is so probably even less because she's only had like a few years exactly, of humanity. Exactly. So I mean and I would say this is someone who entered into a long-term relationship at a very young age and got married pretty young, like that has its pitfalls. Like it's, you know, it's worked out for me personally, but like you know, I I don't want to say that him proposing was a mistake. But I do wish that he and Anya, I I wish that he could feel like he could talk to Anya about his nerves. Because he's clearly, as we're seeing in this episode, there, you know, he's, he's got some insecurities around Mm -hmm. the whole situation. Um, So yeah. Um, Speaking of people's reactions to this news, let's, let's, let's go around the table real quick. Don. So fucking excited, uh, especially when Anya just chucks some cash at her. Um, Don Don has like the. Even though I don't think she would consider Anya her best friend, Don has very much the. Oh my god, one of my girlfriends is getting married. Yeah. Oh, she definitely has like, and I, I'm not calling her a little kid, but she has like a little kid reaction. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so exciting. It's like so romantic. Yeah. Tara, very happy. She congratulates them. Because Tara's good. Tara's Tara. such a good girl. Yeah. Willow, frowns. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean... Openly hostile. I mean, <laughs> it's not the worst thing Willow does in this no, episode. No. But it's still bad. Oh my god. Speaking of which, like, um, Willow, uh, um, you know, uh, Anya is planning on having, like, a an after-holiday sale... And, uh, so, uh, Giles like, oh, broom's all around then, and, uh, and, you know, of course Willow immediately suggests, like, oh, but we could just, like, we could just use magic to clean up, <laughs> clean up the place, and Giles is perfect, and he says it didn't really work out well for Mickey. 
which for all you young kids out there fantasia yes uh this is a direct reference to the sorcerer's apprentice uh, which is a segment in the uh, musical uh, Disney movie Fantasia. Uh, it's in both. It is Fantasia they, they, and Fantasia 2000. Yeah, they they, re- they redo it, for, mm-hmm. like remake it for that one. Yeah, um, I will say like uh, Fantasia is one of those movies that I didn't really get as a kid uh, because it, it's not really a kid movie. Yeah, yeah, like, it's, it's it very much is a celebration of beautiful pieces of music, mm-hmm. and uh, but. Obviously, with Mickey Mouse being the face of Disney, um, the most well-remembered segment from this is uh, called The Sorcerer's Apprentice, in which Mickey Mouse is an apprentice to a sorcerer named Yen Sid, <laughs> Disney spelled backwards, uh, and um, he is like tasked with cleaning uh, a bunch of... Um, he's tasked with cleaning uh, the... like the sorcerer yin sid's like lair whatever his tower and uh while he while yin sid goes away and so mickey uses yin sid's magic hat to uh cast a spell on the on like the brooms Mm -hmm. and uh this unfortunately like does not work out well because the brooms just kind of go nuts yeah and um it hijinks ensue or is it both? Because there's definitely buckets of water involved. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's. I think it might be brooms carrying buckets okay. of water. Um, also, I want to just tell you. I there was a moment there when you're talking, and I, I, I kind of zoned away, and it wasn't because I was like not listening to you, but I just got a whiff of the roast that John's making nice. for dinner, and I was like. Oh. <laughs> no man i walked in and it smelled great oh, well it's so funny we were um we were supposed to have it last night john like prepared it all day and then we um as i mentioned earlier we had to go to st matthew's to get some uh stuff from my parents house and then we stopped at blockbuster blockbuster what the fuck we also traveled you... back to 2007 where did you stop at a blockbuster <laughs> alas uh went to barnes and noble for that sale they were having and then um uh we on our way home our uh we had to stop at carlos's house um so our friend carlos who jason knows um he was in chicago over the weekend and um uh, another mutual friend of ours, whose name is Travis, who I don't think you've ever met, was had been letting Carlos's dog like out for bathroom breaks um, and making sure he had food and all that. Um, but he wasn't going to be able to... Uh, yesterday he wasn't able to do it, so he texted us to see if we could because he lived like two blocks from Carlos. I don't know why he didn't ask us to do it in the first place, but that's beside the point. So in the morning, Sunday morning, I went over there... Let him out, Hank. He's the, the sweetest. Um, and I put the key back where, like, we had been told to leave the key. So on our way home uh, last night, we stopped over there to let him out. We couldn't find the key. It was gone. Oh. So we're like panicking. We can the doors are all locked, and we can hear Hank inside. And we're like, okay, fuck. What are we gonna do? Um, we had stopped at Kroger as well, so we had a couple groceries that were frozen. We were like, okay, well, we need to like can't do anything like this is a this like, sounds like a perfect store right, right here. so we're so and i was like maybe i brought the key home like i thought i put it back where it was supposed to be but like maybe maybe i didn't so let, let's go home there's nothing we can do here currently um 
see if we can find the key. So John calls Travis, who's like, did we were because we were like maybe he ended up coming by and doing it. He hadn't. So we're like, fuck. We're trying to call Carlos. Cannot get him on the phone. Um, we look all the places the key might be here. Don't have it. And I'm like, you're like Glory looking for a key, I, right? <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I'm going to go back, see if I can find it. And John was like, I'm going with you. I don't want you going over there by yourself because it was like late at night. Um, so we go. John's still trying to call Carlos. He's not answering. It's going straight to voicemail. We don't have his girlfriend's phone number. So we were like, I was like, message her on Facebook to have her call you or have Carlos call you. So he's in the car doing that. I go up. I go up to his house, like got a flashlight, like about to try to look again. I'm looking. And the door opens. Jason, I have never felt my fight or flight response activate <laughs> so hard. And I look up and it's Carlos. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank God. And he's like, hey, Harrison, what are you doing? So I, I explained, I was like... It was actually funny to think of from his perspective, just like opening the door and seeing like your friend over unannounced... With a flashlight in your yard. Yeah, and I'm like hunched over. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And so, and we, I explained, and John came out, and he came up, and we, I would explain, we're like, oh, we came to let Hank out because we were told you were coming back tomorrow, not tonight. Um, and I guess when we had gotten there, he mentioned that he had, when we got there first, he mentioned that he had gone to get food. So we, he wasn't there when we got there, but had, had gotten home before. So he had the key with him. So he had the key. So when we, then when we were back, he was, he was back. But it was just like, I swear though, I was like, oh my God. Because we were worried someone had obviously taken the keys and was like going to break into the house. Um, and like Travis apparently was like, on his way he was gonna like camp out like to like defend the house and like and of course obviously we didn't want him to be robbed but you know our big concern was the dog Mm -hmm. you know um so it was just like it was just that door opened and i was like oh my fucking god they're here (laughs) i i was so terrified (laughs) um but it all like it all worked out all that is to say, by the time we, like, got home, it was actually pretty late. It was, like, we just ordered Chinese food because the roast would have to cook for, like, a couple hours. Yeah. But, oh, my God, I have never felt that way before. <laughs> and I really hope I never do again. Well, I'm glad you're alive after I, all that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, and, and I was, like, and I was, like, Carlos, the fee for all of this, you come help us move. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, uh, the gang, the, the Scoobies go back to, uh, the Summer's house. They throw, uh, a makeshift party together real quick. Um. Which is aided by, uh, Willow being yes. able to magically make decorations appear, which, as Anya puts it, makes the place look so much better than it normally does. <laughs> they were, I mean, listen. They were pretty decorations. Pretty decorations. But, but damn, Anya. <laughs> um. And Tara and Giles both visibly react to this, um, and they have, like, a little, you know, no dialogue, but they they have a moment of eye contact of, like... Oh, you know what? Before we get into this, we skipped over one of the funniest parts of, like, because you were going reaction by reaction. Oh, Giles! My person, Giles. Yeah, and, um... 
and uh, and but and like uh, Buffy's like, oh, did you know about this? And he's like, oh, I don't know, maybe I blocked it from my memory. <laughs> so I usually try to do with things involving Xander's tongue. And he's like, is taking off his glasses, and Buffy says, is that why you take off your glasses so you don't see the things that we do? <laughs> and Giles looks and says, don't tell anyone. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, but anyway, back to the Summer's house. Yes. Magic decorations. Uh, in the kitchen, Willow uh, gets gets an earful uh, from from Tara about about this. That you know, Tara's like, you know, the store is still open. We could have just gone and bought decorations, and you know, um, we really are seeing Willow turn to magic for the slightest thing. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, on the surface, you know, decorations on their own are not that big a deal. But um, as we'll see later when we go to the bronze, like it is clearly escalating and she is not... Because this is what's frustrating is Willow doesn't seem to understand that what her, what Giles and Tara's concern is is not the the use of magic specifically. It's this the knee-jerk reaction to use it for any reason mm-hmm. without thinking it through. Yeah, with... Uh, yeah, and like obviously not caring about what the consequences are sure there aren't too many consequences to uh like decorations but you know making everybody go into like uh an alternate dimension for a couple for like a second willow i think both of us like i immediately went what the fuck like at the same time and like it was the same time that tara was saying what (laughs) like god this is so hard for tara because you know when we see Giles confront Willow about the spell that brought Buffy back to life. You know, he says, like, you stupid girl. Um, uh, Tara, you know, she obviously loves Willow and is, like, just not a confrontational person in general. Yeah. So she goes about this the best that she can. And unfortunately, like, you know, there's not really anything... That she can say to deter Willow because yeah. Willow's just like Willow very much does think that she's like invincible at this point. Yeah, I mean Willow is not going to listen to anyone. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. If yeah. she yeah, if she and, doesn't listen to Giles and uh, Tara, then yeah. nobody will get to her. To her. She. Oh, and the way she talks to Tara at the bronze, I was furious. Um, and she tries to walk it back, but it's like, Willow, what the... F- when I, yeah, it's it's too late. Yeah. Um, and I'm pr- I'm really proud of Tara for putting her foot down with her. Yeah, and um, again, like, that's, that's, like, one of the best things about Tara is that, like, you know, she's not this kind of person. Like, she, like, if at the very most, normally, she would say that I'm worried about stuff to, like, Willow, or, excuse me, to, uh, I'm worried about stuff involving Willow to Giles or mm-hmm. Xander. Um, but she can't really say that. Like, she's not one to just directly confront Willow, but yeah. she has to. And, you know, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and uh, Dawn walks into the kitchen whilst they are um, yep. having their argument, which may not seem important, but it is. It is. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's like, it's very much like... Um, Obviously, this fight is more or less private, but, like, obviously, uh, Dawn witnesses part of it. Um, later in the episode, Giles and Buffy are 
very clearly like aware of the tension in the mm-hmm. room between the two of them. Uh, they don't comment on it, but you, uh, just some good acting from uh, Tony and Sarah. Just like the <laughs> don't want to get involved in whatever that is. Um, so yeah, let's talk about Dawn. She's uh, spending the night with Janice, Janice um, played by oh, Amber Tamblyn. Oh my god! No, not that, <laughs> not that Janice. Janice. Uh, yeah, played by a very young Amber Tamblyn. Very young Amber Tamblyn. Um, it's so funny that we are both not religious people who both watched and really quite liked Joan of Arcadia what, back in the day when it aired. Well, I mean, you know, Joan of Arcadia was a fairly well-received show it in was general. Good, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I will very much admit the reason that I saw it is because... Um, my parents, particularly my mother, um, very, uh, very devout Catholic. Mm-hmm. And, um, I watched it with my parents as yeah. well, who were very and, Christian. And, uh, also like they, um, they're very much kind of like in that age group that when they sit down to watch TV, they turn on CBS mm-hmm. no matter what night it is and just watch whatever's on there. And so Friday nights were uh-huh. Joan yep. of Arcadia. And I mean, the fact that like, you know, it's, it has a depiction of God in multiple depictions of God yeah. involved in it um, in a good light. It's just like kind of, I think probably like another selling point for my mom because, uh, you know, one of her favorite shows is touched by an angel, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, what I remember of seeing it as a kid also like a good, like not a bad show. Like, honestly, I've, I've told you guys, I told you and Aaron specifically mm-hmm. how I think the, the final episode, the series finale is actually very very good it's anytime people talk about their favorite series finales you know they throw out like the the normal stuff like your six feet unders and your star trek the next generations mm-hmm. every now and again like i throw out like the touch by an angel like wait what really? like, <laughs> do you know what happens in it because yes there is like obviously tons of like christian imagery but it's actually really good yeah. you can tell a good story with christian imagery yeah absolutely yeah I'm Buffy often has a lot of Christian imagery. Well, not to the uh, not yeah, to the extent of promoting Christianity. Yeah. It's more just like it's it's a um, it's a vehicle. Like they need to have they need to acknowledge the Christian imagery for their own mythology. Yeah, Amber um, yeah, Tamblyn. Yeah. I, I'm always a little disappointed that she's not like a bigger star well so um she obviously jenna arcadia obviously like launched her to popularity um she was also in the sister of the traveling uh-huh. pants and uh, made a couple appearances uh, after that in just like kind of across different media she's now kind of more of a big feminist author and yeah. um uh she actually last year was in louisville with her uh and i believe she was like promoting her new book oh that's so cool yeah and i honestly thought about going to it but it would have felt bad because I would have just gone there to see Amber Tamblyn and, uh, you know, would have found out about her book, but like went in with like zero knowledge <laughs> of the book. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Uh, and fair, yeah. And so, and, uh, my friend Beth, uh, she's, uh, Amber Tamblyn was one of her big crushes. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, well, unfortunately this episode doesn't really utilize her very well. No. And it's it, not, it's not like, like she's bad or anything. She's just here yeah she's very much meant to be like oh let's get dawn into her main story Mm -hmm. um so yes uh dawn has told buffy at all 
that she's staying at Janice's house. Uh, Janice has told her mom that she's staying at Summer's house. Um, which is a, a classic, which, if you guys remember, in uh, Innocence or in Innocence or Surprise... Um, I think it was Innocence. I think it would be Innocence, yeah. Yeah, um, they, uh, they do, you know, they talk about doing the round robin, yep. and Giles is like, what's the round robin? It's like, oh, well, you know, that's where we call each other's parents and say, like, oh, we're staying the night over at so-and-so's house. Um. So, um, yeah, I, they should have been fairly aware of Right? That. I just love when, um, <laughs> when Don, or not Don, when Janice it's like, oh, it totally worked. I can't believe they fell for it. Like, own a TV. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, they meet up with these two guys that they've seen around at parties. Uh, their names are Generic White Guy 1 and Generic White Guy 2. Well, the, I literally uh, don't remember. Justin, Justin. and Discount Store Skeet Ulrich. Yeah. Like, uh, no, I look at that guy and all I can think of is like, man, you were like... The biggest fan of his character in Scream, <laughs> like the OG Scream, and you just decide to design your whole aesthetic after him. Um, the main guy, Justin, I looked up this actor. I didn't recognize him from anything, but aged like fine wine. <laughs> Damn. He, I was like, dat D. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, they they get together. They're they're getting into some mischief, and uh, they're, they're being shits on Halloween. They're being shits on. Yeah, Halloween. they're they're throwing eggs. Um, now they're just throwing at decorations, but obviously, like eggs can like ruin paint on houses mm-hmm. and uh, cars and cars, and they're they're like letting air out of tires. Like, fuck you, you little <laughs> shits, little shits. Um. But this is when they go to old man Jenkins' house. I don't think he's ever given a name. Um, he is, um, but it is a very, uh, it's, it's kind of a hard to pronounce name if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah. I'm like, calling him old man Jenkins. <laughs> it, it sounded like Polish almost mm. or something, because I think... Uh, I can't remember if it was Amber Tamblin or uh, Justin who's like it was Janice or Justin who said the name. It's They're like, "Oh, that's such and such's house," and um, you know, at first that like uh, Don Kaltenbach. Okay, so that's actually German, if anything. Um, but uh, yeah, the uh, they're like, "Oh, Don, you should go be the one to like cause some mischief," and so she like goes up to uh, smash a pumpkin. And um, gets frightened by Mr. Coltenbach. And he's just like, uh, he's, he's like very creepy. He's like, oh, that could bite you. <laughs> and then like, you know, the guys come up and like, and you know, discount store Skeet Ulrich tries to do some Kung Fu. Looks really stupid. Oh God, so stupid. Honestly, like something that Skeet Ulrich's character in Scream would do. Like it, it's it, it's very it's dangerously close to a one to one. I think that's something Matthew Lillard would do. Maybe I'm getting Matthew Lillard and Skeet Ulrich mixed up. I think you are. Yeah, I think you are. <laughs> Discount store Matthew Lillard. Yeah, because Matthew yeah Matthew Lillard plays Shaggy in the uh, yeah it's Matthew Lillard. My apologies. I'm not. I'm honestly not like a huge fan of the Scream movies in general. So. 
Like a lot of the actors are just kind of interchangeable to me if they are Cor- <laughs> if they are Courtney Cox or Nev Campbell. Um, but uh, but yeah, and so yeah, so now with that in mind, discount store Matthew Lillard. <laughs> that makes more sense now. Um, he's but he, he is, and uh, he's like the one who's kind of most excited about the uh, the treats Ugh. that. Um, Colton Bach is like saying that he's going to give them and uh, he's like oh and, and like they noticed the toys he apparently like uh, used to design toys and, until the accident well he like and he talks about how much he loved like you know he loved that kids loved the toys that he made but then there was an accident and uh, it's all very sinister sounding and he's like hey do you want to like who wants to come and help me with the treats who wants to come yeah he says who wants to come help daddy with the Ugh. treats in the kitchen and uh you know um justin decides to volunteer he goes in there and can i tell you what really bothers me what's that there's a door like into the kitchen into the kitchen that bothers me i don't like doors into kitchens you know i haven't thought about that but yeah i guess like a all the all the kitchens that I can think of are like just the kind of like open yeah open ways. Um, Not a fan. Didn't huh. like it. Was mad about it. That is that is very interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, you know, then like you get the reveal that uh, that Justin is in fact a vampire, and um, he like bites into Coltenbach's neck as he's like lifting this tray. He knocks over a tray. It is full of Rice Krispie treats. Aww. He. That is like that's honestly genuinely sad. Like I, I have a soft spot in my heart for um, for old men who make rice krispie treats. Well, no, just kind of like for, <laughs> just kind of like for lonely old men in general, no. especially like you know, you know, a lot of times like people see like oh, a lonely old man who designs toys and stuff. Like, a lot of people like think the worst. Yeah, that I and mean, this episode wants you to really think wants the, you to. Yeah, it wants you to think the worst. But like he's honestly just like this guy who. Isn't great at choosing his words, but you know he's like product of another time. So, yeah. but um, and you know all he wants to do is give these kids some Rice Krispie treats, and then he dies. And then he dies, and it's also just like I don't know. I the, the twist, quote unquote, is just it's kind of like just a bit of a wet fart. Like I just don't. It's it's, it's I just don't care. It's more of a bummer than like I do care, but it's more of a bummer than like a oh my gosh. Exactly. It's honestly like. I remember what, like, from the beginning of the episode, I'm like, oh, I can totally tell that this is, like, mm-hmm. meant to be, a, a, like, a bait and switch. Yeah. And, like, and maybe that's, maybe that's part of the problem, is we're so used to the show as subverting our expectations, because that's part of its bread and butter, is, is the subverted expectations. Literally from the moment that, in the pilot, when Darla is revealed to be a vampire. Yeah. Um, I just... Yeah, it's just so obvious, and it's like, and it's, it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't lead to a more interesting story. I, I, I sit here going, I kind of wish this old man had been some sort of evil thing, because the vampire teenagers are really dull, and I'm yeah. not interested in this like, story. Motherfucker steals his wallet. Rude! Yeah, like, I mean, I, I feel, I honestly feel so bad for this old man. Cause like, R.I.P. Uh, Mr. Colton. Like, and you know, it turns out that he just 
He just really likes Halloween. Just like we all do. Yeah, like he, he likes Halloween. He likes giving treats to kids. He, damn. Um. Well, and he was nice to them even after Dawn smashes pumpkin. Ugh, I'm sorry, guys. I know, like, I might be getting like a little upset <laughs> about this, but like I said, I have a soft spot in my heart for like kind of like you know lonely old people and yeah. Let's move on, because I'm uh, bringing this whole episode down. Um, they leave. Uh, oh, and it should be noted that uh, Amber Tamplin is not drinking a big gulp, but a huge glug. Huge glug. That is, one of, that is one of the best hiding of product names I've ever seen. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> um... Dustin's very impressed with Don's. Uh, no, I mean, is it Dustin? No, Justin. Okay, did I, I put, say Dustin? It, I think you did. Uh, I was combining. Is there? It's their couple name, Dustin. Well, I mean, or John. Don's <laughs> about to do some Dustin to this guy later. Yeah, she is. Uh, but yeah, she's. He's like, oh, so cool that you, you like, you're cool with stealing, and she's like, I love stealing. Um, I haven't paid for lip gloss since ever. ever. Um, and he's like, you're so bad, and I'm just like, Ugh, whatever nerds um i mean they're, they're teenagers they're teenagers he gives her some of the cash just people giving don cash this week <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting that uh how silly like i mean you know we pointed out like how silly some of the teenage stuff was in the early seasons of buffy but now that we've seen like the buff like the main cast grow seeing like the teenage st- going through the teenage stuff with Dawn, it looks even sillier. Yeah. It's the thing is with Dawn too, it's like, oh, we have to see her be a rebellious teen. And I think what doesn't work about that is like that's not what our teen characters were doing in the earlier seasons. Like Buffy had a reputation that she was like rebellious, but that was just a cover. They were they were too busy, like, you know, saving the world. Yeah. And and yes, we had the teen angst. Um, because it was the 90s and we loved teenagers in the 90s. It was the 90s! But, like, it was still all wrapped up in, you know, the story. Um, and, you know, obviously Buffy had a lot of angst over the Angela situation. But that was a relationship we were deeply invested in. So it, like, you know, it works. Whereas with Dawn, I'm just like, Dawn, shut the fuck up. Stop it. Yes, Dawn, this is different from Angel. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> you um, never fall in love with a vampire. Like, you're not in love. <laughs> Shut up, eh? I just, I love when she's like, were you parking with a vampire? I didn't know. How could you not know? I just met him. Oh, so you were parking with the boy you just met. <laughs> not better. <laughs> Worse, in fact. <laughs> because he turned out to be a fucking vampire, Dawn. <laughs> um... Janice calls the Summer's house and talks to Giles. Yes, uh, we mom. should. Or yes, Janice's mom. We should note uh, that Buffy, uh, after giving um, some some encouragement to Xander, has decided to go out and patrol. Um, so she's not at the house. But uh, Janice, mo- Janice's mom's call. Janice's mom calls. There we go. And uh, <laughs> berates Giles apparently for not checking. That... Giles berates her right Yeah, there. he was like... Yeah, I didn't hear you call. <laughs> <laughs> Goes both ways, lady. <laughs> um, but yes, he uh, he informs the rest of the Scoobies. Um, 
He tells Xander and Anya to wait at the house in case Don and Janice come back. Or he, Janice's mom calls or again. Or Janice's mom calls again. Uh, he tells, <laughs> Probably because he didn't want to talk to, to that woman again. Yeah. <laughs> um, apparently knows who she is and has met Janice before because... <laughs> um, but uh, Buffy... or uh, He sends Tara and Willow to look downtown. And he goes to Spike's crypt... Uh, to see if uh, Buffy is there because uh, she was, she specifically mentioned she was going to be mm-hmm. there with Spike. Um, they uh, Zach is this other nerd's name. Oh, he's Matt Lillard. Um, he uh, uh, it says here he steals a car by killing the driver, but it should be noted there's actually is a little bit of dialogue when Buffy. You can hear the paramedics when Buffy. Um, comes across the scene uh, that uh, she's the woman still has a bit of a pulse left. Um, so you can't even kill and, a woman you know, properly, like dude. Yeah, she sees um, she sees like the bite mark, and as Spike mentions, it's kind of like a general agreement mm-hmm. that vampires and demons like don't do anything on Halloween. Gosh, yeah. Um. Which, I mean, you know, that tracks. We've seen the only two other Halloween episodes, the uh, the fear demon was, like, accidentally summoned by the by frat, frat guys. Yeah. And, you know, Ethan Rain is, loves chaos. So, yeah. like... Um, Almost as much as he loves <laughs> Giles and his DSLs. Yeah. Um... The teens uh, go to like a secluded area. Mm-hmm. Um, I I choose to believe it's the same area um, in uh, where Xander and Cordelia were in phases when they were attacked by Oz. Okay, um, that's I, I bl- I'm choosing to believe it's that same kind of you know go to place. Yeah, uh, for for Neckin make out point. Um, uh, Janice and Matthew Willard, they they run off, and uh, Don and Justin are left alone in the car, and they start making out, and it is loud, um, and it was a little gross. I I didn't really like watching it. I don't know. It, it's I didn't I didn't get that it was gross. I mean I maybe. Maybe, like, uh, whatever Michelle Trachtenberg was doing was trying to get it across that it is her first kiss. Um, I don't know. I honestly thought, like, it was actually wasn't too bad. I didn't like it. Fair enough. <laughs> Maybe I'm an old creep. <laughs> I I also felt a little bad that it was, like... Not, I'm, I'm, I'm weirdly sensitive about first kisses. Because uh, when I was... In high school, I dated this guy um, uh, very briefly, but uh, so hot. He was a swimmer, and his family was rich. Really mad I messed is, that up. Is this why you hate those episode Go Fish? No, I hate it because it's a really bad fucking episode. I don't. I'm not anti swimmers. Uh, I'm quite pro swimmers. Um, but no, I. I the first I I found out after it happened that like our first kiss which was kind of like was like 
a makeout, um, was his first kiss ever. And I always felt a little bad because I was, I don't want to say like I was aggressive, but I was like, you know, it was, it was a little porny. And I was like, oh, I wish I'd known it was your first kiss. I would have made it like romantic or something, but he didn't seem to care, but. Well, I mean, you know, it's like, it... I'm trying to remember like, uh, actually it might be for like Freddy versus Jason when, um, the, when, uh, like the main girl, like Lori's talking about her, uh. Like, kind of like, oh, you know, I want it to be, like, my first son to be nice or whatever. She's like, what, do you want fireworks or something? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it, you can you can romanticize whatever you want. But, yeah. I mean, don't feel bad that this wasn't romanticized. No, I... Don't, don't carry that weight. I don't. I won't. I do feel bad about the way I acted after we broke up. And, well... I should feel bad about it. Uh, I didn't... Uh, I wasn't good. I mean... <laughs> Lord knows we both have probably hefty tomes of things we feel bad about. Nope, that's we actually the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> things you should feel bad about, not things you actually feel bad about. Um, uh, but yeah, so this is Dawn's first kiss. Um, and I, I, I love the way Michelle Trachtenberg plays this, like the nerves. She's like, oh my God, my lips are dry. They clearly weren't, but um, my tongue was all like, Ugh, and like... Um, and if this guy weren't a gross creep, um, I actually would have really liked how the way he comforts her afterwards and then kisses her again. But he is a gross creep, so I don't. Um, also, after the kiss, Don says, shiver me timbers. <laughs> Honestly, it was cute. It's, it was it's, cute. It's cute and it's funny. It so is. I... Um, I just love how you're like, oh, don't. Oh, um, sweet baby angel. You sweet summer child. Um, Tara and Willow go to the bronze to look for Dawn. Uh, Tara's like, do you think she'll be here? And Willow's like, well, if I were a 15-year-old girl running off, this is where I'd go. You know, if I would have done that sort of thing when I was 15. Um, but yes, they go up to the second level. We're seeing the second level again. It's been a while. And, um, this is, yeah, this is where Willow decides that the, the logical thing to do is to send everybody that isn't a 15 year old girl to an alternate dimension. First of all, we know that teens are allowed to hang out at the Bronze. The and third greatest club in Sunnydale. <laughs> we know teens are allowed there, and we know teens frequent there. So, you're, you're not clearing out everyone, Willow. <laughs> also, what the fuck? Yeah. Also, quick note. There was a couple that was dressed as Luke and Leia yes. and grinding on each yeah, other. And, and, <laughs> and Willow's just like, do they know their brother and sister? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And maybe they're into that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. This Lord is knows just... those fanfics are probably out there. Yeah. This is just like, there's so many more reasonable things that Willow could have done. Even magically. Like, a locator spell. You've seen her do those. Um, but, like, and and I bet if she, if she had said, I'll do a locator spell, Tara and Giles probably would have had no objection to that because it is 
It would have been helpful and reasonable. Yes. Shifting yeah, and, everyone into an alternate dimension. What the fuck? Yeah, and, uh, and you know, Tara says, what if something goes wrong? And Willow says, it won't. I'm like... It's not reassuring, Willow. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> not after your track record. Yeah. And, yeah, and then there's, like, this really great effect mm-hmm. where Willow is able to make everything silent except her and Tara, and they're able to have their conversation. And I actually... I was telling Harrison how, like, you know, this is probably, like, one of the easiest things to do. Like, you probably just, like, have a mic on um, Amber Benson and Allison Hannigan, and then you're able to just filter out everything else. Yeah. But it's so damn effective. Yeah. Just to see, like, everything going on but being completely silent. Yeah. And we get this line where Tara basically is like, what do you want me to do? Just, like, shut my mouth? And Willow says that'd be a good place to start. Fuck you, Willow. That yeah. is so nasty and cruel. It is. It's, and... It, it, yeah, it's... that That is the big thing about fights. Like, every couple fights, the important thing is that it doesn't turn nasty. Mm-hmm. Like, because name-calling and saying stuff like that gets nobody anywhere. Yeah. Like, I mean, fights... Fights, like, while they can be unpleasant from times, usually, like, you, like, they can end in, like, reaching some kind of mutual agreement, um, some good resolution. It's like, oh, let's have this out right now. Yeah. But if you say things like that, then, like, you're not helping anything. I mean, Will is basically telling her, like, there is not a discussion. Like, I'm not willing to have, I'm not willing to talk to you about this. Yeah. And, and this is like, and this feels like, and you know, when we see Tara afterwards, this feels like the first time we've seen this like gentle, sweet woman, like so, like invariably pissed. Yeah. And she's got those walls up. And this, this fight feels so much more natural than the one in uh, Tough Love, um, right before she gets gloried. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like it, obviously it's we are building off of things we've seen before um and um yeah i think and i think both actors just really really yeah. handle it well um so at back at makeout point they're they're macking still and uh he he kind of bites uh, don's hand a bit and he vamps out. And uh, Don touches his face. Feels the bumps. Feels the bumps. Oh, that's a, that's a vampire. You should not get Buffy busts into Spike's crypt. He's like, don't you fucking knock? And she's like, shut the fuck up, Spike. I don't <laughs> knock at your pals. That's <laughs> not exactly what she says, but I mean, it's the point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he uh, Giles has been by, has informed her of what's going on. Um, and Buffy's like, fuck's sake. Um, Don's in trouble. Yes. <laughs> Must be Tuesday. <laughs> oh, wait. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, 
Giles is at the cemetery. He lampshades out a bit. He's like, oh, great. I'm in a cemetery on Halloween at night. And there's mist. <laughs> and there's mist. What could go wrong? <laughs> I have to say, this might be some of the best fighting we've seen from Giles. Oh, he fucking nails it. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, hears a scream. It's Janice, who's being attacked by uh, by, by Matt Lillard. Lillard. And yeah, Giles <laughs> just kicks his fucking ass. I don't know. No, Giles takes a few good hits. He takes in there, a few good ones, but, but like he, he's able to like you know punch a uh, punch Matthew Lillard like back into that tree where for some reason a stake to a wooden a branch to the chest counts as a stake to the heart. Sure. And yeah. No, we're getting we're getting really liberal with where the heart is it on had, Vampire. It had like a branch, like shoot, like an offshoot <laughs> branch that actually got the heart. Yeah. <laughs> um. They, uh... And that is the last we see of Amber Tamlin. Yes. She survives, but, I mean, you know, it's like, holy crap, vampires are real. <laughs> I'm going home. Um, Dawn, uh... Uh, Dawn runs away from, from Justin. He's, uh... He's like, no, you're special. You're not like the other girls. Shut the fuck up, Justin. <laughs> um... And, uh, yeah, Justin, uh, uh, or Giles, Spike, and Buffy all arrive, only to discover that they are surrounded by lots of vampires and two people who just wanted to come make out. That was, that was so funny. Like, there are some really funny lines in this, but that might have been the best when, um, she's like... Did anybody come here to just make out? And then you like look at all these different like groups of vampires, and there's this one couple that raises their hands like, "Run, <laughs> you run, <laughs> you run, cute, you all die." <laughs> um, yeah, and of that course, so funny. they have the Buffy and Don have this conversation that we already talked about, so we don't need to repeat. But mm-hmm. Buffy is like, "What the fuck, Don? Are you kidding me?" Um, so yeah, we get this tight scene uh giles and uh giles and spike uh take out some vamps with this really good fight between um uh just a random vampire and buffy that is my highlight because there's so much in that like you've got the vampire like ripping off the car antenna Mm -hmm. and like both he and buffy are able to use that Buffy does Buffy does like the whole like you know walk up the car door to flip around get yep. out of that awesome um the vamp like tries to punch her hand goes through the the windshield the like the the car window so you get broken glass yep. um another great like I mean those those effects are those practical effects are hard to do yeah like and string them all together and then just a really good kill like you know vampires on the ground and Buffy, like, just decapitates him by slamming the car door on him. Her and Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> like, no, that was, like, that was... Yeah, it's a good kill. so impressive, just an overall impressive fight scene. Because it went on a little longer than it normally would with your average vamp. Yeah, especially one that's, like, not plot relevant. Yeah, like, but he's no, just a rando. Yeah, but it was... It, it, it's just it was so good so much better than a lot of the other stuff in the episode that it just kind of stuck out as like wow that was really really good um uh Justin uh, finds Dawn he, he pins her to the ground and um he is about to bite her 
And she stakes him with one of the, like, crossbow things. The bolts. The bolts. But I'm not sure where she got it. Did I miss something? Oh, or... um, no, there was, like, one point where uh, Spike was, like, trying to, sh- like, uh, Spike shot that one vampire with the crossbow and then, like, he reloaded it, mm-hmm. and he was like, but then a, a vampire came oh, up behind him, and he shot in the air. That's right, that's right. Um, oh, we should mention that. Uh, one of the vampires that Spike fights, uh, Spike admonishes him, like, you know, we don't go out on Halloween. And he's like, I don't play by the rules, I'm a rebel. Rebels. And Spike's like, no, I'm a fucking rebel, <laughs> bitch. Um, love it. I'm a rebel bitch yes there you go. five words or less uh-huh. um callback um but yeah she she stakes him and uh, uh is that a uh, dawn's first vampire i believe kill? so i believe so took her less time than cordelia <laughs> <laughs> um back at the summer's house uh buffy pretty much immediately um fobs off dawn onto giles uh you know yeah no that that was such a fun exchange because uh um like i think giles was like basically expecting buffy to like kind of like you know talk to dawn and uh then buffy's like oh don't be too hard or <laughs> then just walks upstairs walks up um we, we see tara and willow um, yes tara's like willis is like oh i'm sorry we missed out on the fight and tara's like as long as dawn is safe yeah there's a great, uh, the blocking here is really good because Tara and Willow walk up to Buffy together. Willow stops to talk to Buffy. Tara keeps keeps going and turns and stands next to Buffy. I mean, it's just a great yeah. visual to show their... And, and it's kind of crazy because, like, can you think of a time when Tara and Willow weren't next to each other right? in, like, the last several episodes. Yeah, if they're, yeah, if they're sharing the screen together, they're usually next to one another. Mm-hmm. So it was, just, it was smart blocking to, was. to do that. Um, and, yeah, Tara just, yeah, Tara just basically is like, whatever, I'm going upstairs. And Willow's like, Tara, wait! And Buffy and Giles were like, yep. Um, but, yeah, Buffy goes upstairs after being like, thanks for handling it, Giles. And, you know, Giles is honestly, like, visibly, and it's not the first time that we've seen him just, like, oh, Buffy is, like, kind of relying on me to do this. Yeah. Maybe that's important. Yeah. So, Giles goes to Dawn, and she's like, I know, you're here to tell me that you're You're not not angry, you're you're just disappointed. And he's like, yeah, that's true, except for the part about not being angry. (laughs) Love that. Yeah. And then, upstairs, Willow tries to talk to Tara. Um, Tara's basically like, I don't want to fucking talk to you right now. I'm tired. I just want to go to bed. We'll discuss this later. Um, That's got to be, like, really rough when you're you're sharing a bed. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, so Willow takes the don't go to bed angry um, uh, adage to heart. And kind of it changes it to like, oh, don't let your spouse go to bed angry. Or don't let your partner go to bed angry. Don't let your partner remember you. she was angry yes. at you. Um, she's like, uh, and you know, I think Tara's the one who says like, just forget it. Mm-hmm. And then we see Willow walk over and pick up a little flower and say like, yeah, just forget. Obviously pull some magic. And then Tara's just all lovey-dovey. Yep. Has no memory of their fight. Um... 
And so not only is this, like, fucked up, it's a yeah. major violation um, to have erased Tara's memories of their of their fight. It's also clearly premeditated. She has it there. Yeah. Even if she maybe wasn't planning on doing it that night, she's clearly thought about this. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's it it seems very strange that of all the places are very convenient that of all mm-hmm. the places for her to have this um ingredient that's necessary to make somebody lose their memory, she keeps it in the room that she and Tara share. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Willow, I'm not disappointed. I'm angry. <laughs> I'm both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um yeah, it's just, it's such a disgusting violation. Yes. And, um, yeah, I'm, I look forward to seeing what, uh, what sort of consequences she might face for such a thing. Um, uh, but yes, that thus ends all the way. Um, uh, I, yeah, as, uh, like I said, it's an episode that I think has a lot of great character moments out, but a, but a, a kind of boring plot as far as the like... stuff goes. Yeah, I cut. I had more fun with this episode than I was expecting, That's good. and I also think that like the uh, there was actually some pretty good humor that the Dawn storyline brought about. Um, it's just that like it was uneven, yeah, because it does seem like the first part of the episode is all about the Scoobies. It's going to be an episode that's all about the Scoobies, and then, um, and then like you know. Once Dawn goes off on her adventure, we get, like, just a little bit more of Xander and Anya. And then, you know, just, like, kind of a brief appearance of Spike. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, you have this scene with Willow and Tara. And then, like, they don't even participate in that last fight. They have their own fight to deal with. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's uneven, but just kind of, like, fun and just, like, a lot of, like, unexpectedly good things. Yeah. What 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 score would you give this episode? I would give it three sweet old men out of five that should not have been killed. Yes, I'm gonna give it. Um, I had a little less fun, um, so I'm gonna give it a two point five. Uh, decapitated Jack in the Boxes out of five. You know, so far, just from what I've like written down, I'm actually a little higher on this season than you are. Nice. With at least the last three episodes. <laughs> um. Yeah, that is all the way. Um, yeah, anything else before we, before Not we really. sign off? No, really. This has been fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me pull up the... All right. Take us out, Jason. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Angel Season 3, Episode 7, Offspring. Not to be confused with uh, the band The Offspring, <laughs> which is a pretty dope band. Yeah. Um, slight correction. We'll be back the week after next. That's true. Um, but the script says next. Mm-hmm. And you're you're very good at reading the script, Jason. Good job. There will be no <laughs> scripts on the night. No scripts on the night. <laughs> uh, yes. And, and, and listeners, we thank you for uh, being patient while I uproot my life. <laughs> uh, I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. 
And I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yummyj357. And you can find Booze and Buffy on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out in all of those. A-N-D. And yeah, you know, while you're listening to us, how about uh, subscribing? And maybe even rating? Writing a review? Gives us a little more exposure. And you can do that Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, yeah. And each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week we are highlighting World Central Kitchen. Does this have a door to it? <laughs> <laughs> Better not. That's the only link that I could think of. <laughs> Better not. Um, uh, WCK, World Central Kitchen, is first uh, to the front lines, providing meals in response to humanitarian, climate, and community crisis. crises. Uh, they build resilient food systems with locally-led solutions. Visit www.wck.org for more information. And as always, go slay. And be gay. Yes. And say goodbye to the labyrinth. Bye.